0: Well, this is, um, we weren't in Mark last last week, but we were a couple weeks ago. The last few times we've been in Mark, they've been heavier, more serious topics. Ones that question our own spiritual condition in a more intense way than many of the week's. And as we are making our way through Mark, there can be a period of weeks when the Holy Spirit directs us to this more serious reflection. It's calling us to search our heart and consider our condition. And I, I do recognize this can be a heavy reality. <clears throat> but as an introduction, this morning we're going to have a little bit of fun
1: friends I told you that my partner would be here and here he is didn't expect him did you now he always shapes up now why not let the folks themselves ask for something that they like to hear. All right, what would they like to hear? I'd something do. different. Now, okay. Is there anything special that you would like to hear us do? Baseball! Maybe, oh, uh, oh, right? yeah. oh, oh, no, oh, right? no, no, no! wait a minute, friends. You don't want to hear that, do you? Yeah!
2: Yeah, yeah. yeah we got
1: the props for you here. Well, oh, you uh, came prepared, didn't you? All set, huh? <laughs> well, this is a must. I guess it's a must. We've got to do it. Well, I'll, I'll take it you. Me. Let me see. It looks all right. Okay, all right. to right. pretend. We'll just pretend... All right, I'll take it easy with that. We'll just pretend that uh, we're organizing a baseball team here at the retired Actors' home. And I am the manager. Now, you're going to be the manager of the retired Actors' baseball team? Yes. I would like to join the retired Actors' baseball team. Oh, you would. And I would like to know some of the guys' names on the team, so if I want to play with them, I'll know them. And i meet them on the street or in the home here, I can say hello to them. Oh, sure, but you know they give baseball players nowadays very peculiar names. Know, a lot of funny names. You know, like uh, Sticky, Sticky Fields. Sticky Fields. Uh, Goofy Dan. Booby Barber, Booby Barber. Well, let's see. Now, we have on our team, we have who's on first. What's on second, I don't know on third. That's what, know. Out, the, uh-huh. that's what I want to find out, the guy's name. that's what I want to find out, the guy's name. I'm telling you, who's on first, what's on second, I don't know on third. Now, Abby, you want to be the manager of the baseball team? Yes. You know the guy's names? Well, I should. Well, you tell me the guy's names on the baseball I team? I say, who's on first, what's on second, I don't know who's on third. You ain't saying nothing to me yet. Go ahead and tell me. <laughs> I'm telling him. You ain't said nothing yet. Go ahead and tell me. Who's on first? What's on second? I don't know is on third. You know the guy's I'll... names on the baseball yes. team? Well, go ahead. Who's on first? Yes. I mean the guy's name. Who? The guy playing first? Who? The guy playing first base? Who? <laughs> The guy on first base. Who is on first? What are you asking me for? I don't know. Now, wait a minute, I'm, not, I'm, I'm on... asking you who's on first. That's his name. Well, go ahead and tell me. Who? The guy on first.
2: That's it. <laughs> That's his name. Well,
1: you said that, no, I didn't say nothing. I ain't asked you nothing. You did? You know the guy's name on first base? Tell sure. me the guy's name on first base. Who? <laughs> the guy playing at first base. Who is on first, Lou? What are you asking me oh, for? Oh, don't get excited. I'm saying who? I'm asking you a simple question. Who's on first? Yes. Well, go ahead and tell me. That's it. That's who? No! I'm asking you, what's the guy's name on first oh, base? Oh, no, what's on second? I'm not asking you who's on second. Who's on first? One base set up time. Don't mix up my. I'm point. not mixing up anybody. Now, what's the guy's name on first base? No, what is on second? I'm not asking you who's on second. Who is on first? I don't know. He's on third. We're not talking. Ah! Wait a minute. Whoa, no, well, that's whoa, 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 whoa. whoa. How, did I, how did I get on third base? You mentioned his name. I mentioned his name? Yes. I don't know anybody's name on the team. I, uh, how could I mention a guy's name? You did. You just mentioned it. All right, what's the guy's name on third base? No, what's on second? Who's on second? Who's on first? I don't know. He's on third. You know I, mean? <laughs> I
2: didn't even mention a guy's name on third base. Yes, you did. Man.
1: All right, then who's playing third base? No, who's on first? I'm not asking you what's on first. What's on second? Who's on second? Who's on first? Team. You do, you mention their names. I do? Sure. You got enough for you? Well, naturally. Tell the field his name. Why? <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I
2: just thought I'd
1: ask you. I just thought I'd ask you. Well, I just thought I'd tell you. Well, go ahead. Tell me. Tell you what? Tell the his name. Why? Because I want to know! Because! Oh, he's center field. You know these players as well. Who's as in center field? No, who's on first? What's on first? What's on second? I don't know. Third name. <laughs> <eighth? laughs> On the team. Look, Louis, uh, you don't seem to understand. See, I have a first baseman. You, I know you got a first. I ask name. you what's, what's yeah, the man. first. I asked you what's the first baseman's name. No, what's the second baseman? I, I'm going to stop asking. So I asked you what's the first baseman's name. What's the second baseman? I don't even get past the. First. All right, who's on second? Who's on first? What base do you want to talk about? You talk about anyone you want to talk about. All right, now
2: who's on first? Right. Okay. Now, <laughs>
1: All right, you got a first baseman. When you pay off the first baseman every month, who gets the money? Every dollar of
2: it. <laughs> every dollar of it. Who gets it? He does. Sometimes his
1: wife comes down and collects it. Whose wife? Yes.
2: <laughs>
1: Why not, Lou? He's earned it. Who did? Yes.
2: Look,
1: when you pay off the first baseman every month, you get a receipt from the guy? Oh, sure. How does he sign his name? Who? The guy you give the money to. Who? The guy you give the money to. <laughs> So that's how he signs it. That's look. how who signs it book? Yes. Like, um, that's it. Who? Look, you go to first baseman. Yes. And you say to him, here's your money, sign the receipt. How does he sign his name? Who? The guy you give the money to. That's right. how he signs it. That's how who signs it? Yes. Sure.
2: <laughs> you
1: got to get a receipt from the guy, don't you? Get one loan. How Sign his name. Who? The guy at first. I'm him. asking. When you give the guy the money, what's the guy's name that you give the money to? Now, wait a minute. What signs his own? Who signs his own? No. Who signs his? <laughs> I mean, what's the guy's name on first you give the... What them? is on second? I'm not asking you who's on second. Who's on first? I don't know. Third base. <laughs> the field's name. The center field. I don't
2: know.
1: If, you got a pitcher on that team? Well, it be a fine team without a pitcher. It's a fine team without any... The pitcher's name. Tomorrow. Uh, you know, well, what, I, can't, I, I can't change that name. You don't want to tell me today? I'm telling you. Go ahead, tell me the pitcher's name. Tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> Why not tell me today? I am going to wait you. tomorrow. Then tell me the pitcher's name. Tomorrow. All right, what time tomorrow you tell me the pitcher's name? <laughs> what time what? What time tomorrow you're going to tell me who's pitching? Who is not pitching? I'll break you around, you saint. <laughs> <speakers. laughs> I want to know what's the pitcher's name. What's on second? I don't know. Third, third. days, third base. Third <laughs> <laughs> catcher? Uh, certainly you've got a catcher on a baseball team. Catcher's name? Today. Today. Tomorrow's pitching today's catcher. Now you've got it. Now I, I, got got it. I got it. All I got, we got a couple of days on the team, that's I all. I can't help that, Lou, I don't You know, I'm, I'm a pretty good catcher myself. And so they tell me. Yeah, now I get behind the plate and I'm going to do some fancy catching and tomorrow's pitching on my team, right? Yes. Now tomorrow, he winds up the ball and I'm behind the plate and a heavy hitter gets up. Yeah. Now the heavy hitter gets up and, he, and he's ready to hit the ball and tomorrow's going to throw the ball and I'm the catcher. Mm-hmm. Now I'm try, tomorrow throws the ball a the guy that bunches the ball. Now, when he punch the ball, me being a good catcher, I want to throw the guy out of first base, so I pick up the ball and throw it to who? Now, that's the first thing you've said right. I don't even know what I'm talking about! <laughs> well, that's all you have to do. He's to throw the ball to first base. Yeah. Now, who's got it? Naturally. Sure. <laughs>
2: Look, the
1: guy is running to first base, Ivan. Yeah. I want to throw the guy out. So? So I throw the ball to who? Naturally. <laughs> throw it to who? Naturally. So who's got it? Naturally. Huh. So I pick up the ball and I throw it to natural. now no, no. <laughs> You throw the ball to first base, then who gets it? naturally That's now you're bad. I pick up the ball, so I throw it to natural. You don't. I throw it to who? Naturally. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> I say I throw the ball to who? Naturally. You ask me. You throw the ball to who? naturally <laughs> Same as you. Say it that way. I throw way. the ball to natural. You don't. You throw it to who? Now who's got it? Naturally. That's what I said. <laughs> Whoever it is better get it. That's all get I it, get don't it. Don't worry about who. Who'll get it. Yes. He better get it. All right. Now, I throw the ball to whoever it is drops the ball so the guy runs a second. Yeah. Who picks up the ball and throws it to what? What throws? The I don't know. I don't know. Throws it back to tomorrow. Triple play. Oh, could be. Another guy gets up, and it's a long fly ball to be caused. Why? I don't know. He's on
2: third, and I don't give a darn. I, I said, I don't give a darn. Oh,
1: that's our shortstop. I mean, <laughs> Oh, Oh.
0: well, we just saw a funny presentation of the mistake of misunderstanding. Now I'd like to look at a not so funny one. Two weeks ago, the last time we were in Mark, we looked at traditionalism that dishonors God. Now, as we make our way through Mark, we're not covering every single paragraph because I'm trying to prevent being in Mark for a couple of years. Um, But if I skipped over a paragraph that you have questions about or you'd like to discuss, I'd love to sit down with you and talk about it. Just come and set up a time and we'll talk. Today, we pick up on Mark chapter 8. And verse 11. Mark in chapter 8, in verse 11. The Pharisees came and began to argue with him, seeking from him a sign from heaven to test him. And he sighed deeply in his spirit and said, Why does this generation seek a sign? Truly, I say to you, no sign will be given to this generation. And he left them, got into the boat again, and went to the other side. Now they had forgotten to bring bread, and they only had one loaf with them in the boat. And he cautioned them saying, Watch out, beware of the leaven of the Pharisees and the leaven of Herod. And when they began discussing with one another the fact that they had no bread. And Jesus, aware of this, said to them, Why are you discussing the fact that you have no bread? So here we have, by the disciples, a mistake of misunderstanding, and we'll call this a spiritual mistake of misunderstanding. Jesus says to them in this boat, in the middle of the lake, Watch out! Beware of the leaven of the Pharisees and of Herod. When they began discussing with one another the fact that they had no bread in the boat with them. I want to be fair to these men. They had forgotten to bring bread with them in the boat. And you get a group of men together in a boat in the middle of a lake. And they know it's a few hours away from getting any food. And they're getting hungry. That's likely what they're going to be talking about that's likely what's going to be on their mind. Especially when they know it's probably going to be maybe four, five, six hours before they can get food. For some of you, when you go fishing, that's an excuse to make sure you bring along all the goodies. Chocolate chip cookies. Okay, I'm not going to go into too too much detail, otherwise you're not going to listen to me anymore. So there was a very good reason for them to mistake what Jesus was talking about. We make mistakes with communication like this all the time. There are physical realities that press in on us. And they're on our mind and they cause us to neglect a more important spiritual reality. And that's what was happening for these men. Now clearly this is a big mistake, but I want you to see how easy it is to make this mistake. There's a physical reality in your life, whether with your health or with your money supply, with some relationships in your life, and it's just really bothering you. And so you overlook a more important spiritual reality today we're going to learn from jesus about how he responds to the disciples spiritual mistake and it'll also be instructive for us let's pray lord jesus as we read of your words that have been scripturated for us by the holy spirit May we have receptive hearts. These are painful words that you spoke to these men. And as we consider them and apply them to us, they're going to be painful. Spirit, I pray that you would soften our hearts. And Father, may you be glorified through this time in the Scriptures. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. So we're going to look at the reason for the mistake. Now, we've already touched on part of the reason for the mistake. They were hungry, and they weren't going to get food anytime soon. And so they mistook what Jesus was talking about. That physical reality is pressing it on them, and they missed a more important spiritual reality that Jesus was talking about. But there is more to the reason than that. And so let's look at what that would be. Mark chapter 8, verse 16. And they began discussing with one another the fact that they had no bread. And Jesus, aware of this, said to them, Why are you discussing the fact that you have no bread? Do you not yet perceive or understand? Are your hearts hardened? Having eyes, do you not see? And having ears, do you not hear? And do you not Remember. So here Jesus is rebuking his disciples and at the same time he's giving reasons through questions. So he's accomplishing two things at once here. He's accomplishing a rebuke but also giving reasons for their spiritual mistake. Now miscommunication like this happens all the time. But this miscommunication is treated very seriously. There are miscommunications that we should not be having. Jesus asked five questions here. He said, he asked, first, why are you discussing the fact that you have no bread? Second, do you not yet understand? Third, are your hearts hardened? Hardened? Fourth, do you have eyes and yet do not see? Fifth, don't you remember? Now, he asked a couple more questions after this, and we're going to get to those later. These questions he asked with rebuke in reasons were very painful. And so let's kind of phrase these questions around the obvious answer. He, he asked, don't you yet understand? And yes, they should understand by this point is the obvious answer. And he asks if their hearts had been hardened, implying yes, their hearts had been hardened to him and to spiritual truth. And yes, yes, they do have eyes to see these spiritual things, but they could not see them. And they had forgotten things that they should not have forgotten. I want to key in on one of those reasons. And that is a hardened heart. Now, as I talk about a hardened heart, I want to help explain this and shed light on it by talking about the the opposite of it. I want to look at a tender heart for a moment. And I want to talk about this through the lens of dealing with children. Now, you know that after we talk about children, we'll move to adults. But children are easy to talk about because everything's all out there. Adults, it gets a little more personal and sensitive when we talk about us. So there are a couple of children in my home where just words of rebuke are crushing for them. The tears are starting to come. They're getting really sensitive and they, uh, you've got their full attention and they are very bothered by words of rebuke. Now, there are other children in my house. They are fighters And it takes a whole lot more to get through to them. A whole lot more. We won't go into those details. But also the same for adults. There are adults who tend to be very, very sensitive. And then there are adults who tend to be much more less sensitive And there's strengths and weaknesses with both personalities. I understand that God gives us different personalities. But even within our personalities, we can be very sensitive towards rebuke. And in our sensitivity, we can still develop a hard heart towards God. And when he's trying to speak to us, we are not listening. And also for folks who tend to have a much stronger personality and it takes a lot more to get through to them, those folks can cultivate a very sensitive heart to the Lord or at the same time being able to lead through a storm and have a fighting spirit. Here as we see Jesus' question to his disciples, we can see a reflection of what could be going on in our lives as well. The disciples should have known better. But their hearts were not sensitive to God, what God had done in their lives in the past and what God was talking to them about in the present. so we must consider this and apply it to ourselves and so let's talk about searching your heart it's very easy for us to quickly as soon as a thought of our own inadequacy or our own sin or our own insensitive heart, our own hard heart, whenever that comes up as a possibility for us, it's very quick, easy for us to quickly jump away from that. Very easy for us to not acknowledge that. And so the challenge for us is we consider this truth today as we could form words to the Lord in prayer. We could say, God, I'm not able to understand the things that I should understand. God, my heart is hardening. Please soften it. God, I'm not able to see the things that I should see. God, I'm forgetting the things that I should remember. We move into a time of confession. And we acknowledge to God that yes, we have a hard heart. For many of us, we're afraid to be honest. Depending on how you grew up, your life experiences as an adult or even your spiritual maturity now as an adult, all this will affect how you're able to be honest with yourself, honest with others, and honest with God. Confession to God brings mercy and grace. Your performance, your ability to have it all together does not guarantee God's love for you. A lot of folks are afraid to acknowledge their spiritual needs and their conditions because they're afraid to acknowledge weakness to themselves, to others, and to God. Because they're still trying to make themselves good enough and acceptable enough. And that is a hopeless cause that will just isolate you and hurt you more. As you grow in your maturity and as you grow in God's grace that the Father has lavished on you in Jesus Christ, you're going to recognize that your performance does nothing for your acceptability. And your worthiness. All that was taken care of for you in Jesus Christ. And when you place your faith in Jesus Christ, complete worthiness, complete sufficiency, complete performance was done. When the phrase happened on the cross, it said, It is finished. And so part of your growing spiritually is learning how to be honest about your inadequacy to yourself, to others, and to God. And then that forms a pathway for you to grow in virtue to avoid making these painful spiritual mistakes Bring glory to God and bless others and be a channel of God's grace to others around you. So the reason for the mistake. And then Jesus goes on and gives reasons why the disciples should know better than that. And we're still in the middle of his um, questions and there's two more. So there's a total of seven And I separated these in order to help us just think through things this morning. So now we're picking up in verse 17. And Jesus, aware of this, said to them, Why are you discussing the fact that you have no bread? Do you not yet perceive or understand? Are your hearts hardened? Having eyes, do you not see? And having ears, do you not hear? And do you not remember? And then here's two more questions. And with these latter two questions, he stops between them and gives the disciples a chance to respond. So verse 19, when I broke the five loaves for the 5,000, how many baskets full of broken pieces did you take up? They said to him, twelfth talking about bread here Verse twenty and this and the seven for the four thousand talking about the feeding of the four thousand how many baskets full of broken pieces did you take up? And they answered and they said to him seven. So here Total of seven questions, these last two questions, and he's asking them about the feeding of the 5,000 and the feeding of the 4,000. In both of those instances, it was a matter of bread, and Jesus miraculously provided. And so Jesus was drawing their attention back to two specific situations <clears throat> when he had taken care of their physical need. For bread in a miraculous way. So Jesus made it clear I can provide bread for you, and I have. Why are you now worried about it? Jesus was grounding them, He was rooting them in the past and how He had taken care of them and why they should have known. Better. And you can take whatever is troubling you, whatever physical reality is troubling you, and you need to ground yourself and root yourself in what Jesus has done for you, what he is continuing to do for you, and what he will do for you in the future. I don't know how many months ago it was, it was several months ago, I had to have a pep talk with James. Something James James is a very passionate guy, and he was hyperventilating. There was something that was not right. I don't remember what it was, but he he wanted to be taken care of in a certain way, and he was just wailing, and he was very, very upset. And so we went down to his bedroom, got him to calm down, And I had, I don't know, five, ten minute chat. I think it had to do with something that Katrina was going to take care of, but hadn't or had forgotten. It really bothered him. And so the essence of this chat with James, this pep talk, was mommy will always be there for you. Mommy will always take care of you. And I was explaining to him, you know, has mommy ever not let you have clothes? Has mommy ever not fed you? Just went through the basics of we have always taken care of James. But in the moment, his physical reality, he felt like he was not being taken care of and he was a mess, folks. So we went through this huge long pep talk and, and at the end he was with me. He's like, "Okay, hey, mommy is always taking care of me. She always will. Take care of me. Within a day or two, something happened where I think I think it was um, something he was going to use throughout the school day. Maybe it was his water bottle. As, as they went to school, um, he had left, I think, his water bottle, which he needed all day, especially during COVID times. He had left it in Katrina's classroom. And he had gone to class. And Katrina didn't see it until... Um, you know, five ten minutes into the school day. And so James, you know, had gone without it for a while, but she knew the past history with James that when he realized he didn't have his water bottle, present present physical reality was on his mind, he would have been a mess and he would have been wailing, which he definitely wouldn't have wanted to do in his classroom at school. And so she quickly goes to the phone and calls his teacher and says, hey, I've got James's water bottle. I don't want him to stress out about it. I'll get it down there soon. And his teacher said, oh, no, he's fine. He said, my mommy always takes care of me. <laughs> Score, folks. He got it. And that is precisely what we're talking about here, my friends. Sometimes we need to give ourselves a pep talk in the midst of our present physical reality that is pressing in on us and upsetting us. And understandably so, We're human beings, we struggle with physical realities. But Jesus has always been there for us. And He has, because He is your God, He is your Savior, He has provided for you and taken care of you in amazing ways. You need to recount those. He is presently taking care of you in an amazing way. Jesus never has a bad day in His care for you. He never forgets. He's never careless with you. He's always tender. He's always sufficient. He's always all wise in His care for you. And it's going to be the same way in the future give yourself a pep talk about that and as you're trying to lovingly care for others make sure you listen to them and what's on their hearts but also as you care for them include in your care for them how jesus is there for them and for some people that starts with their salvation coming to christ and claiming him as their savior There are many people in this world who only know darkness because they have not entered entered the light yet through Jesus. And Jesus calls out to them and says, Come to me. I want to be your Savior. I want to care for you. So the reason for the mistake, knowing better than that, and then finally a hanging question. So after Jesus' seven questions, this is how this paragraph ends in Mark, and it moves on to something else. Verse 21, Mark 8:21, And Jesus said to them, Do you not yet understand? So this is his eighth and final question. Do you not yet understand? And you can look at the next verse in your Bibles and realize this is where this ends. And the narrative moves on to something else. There are times in our lives, whether through someone who is lovingly trying to teach us something or perhaps even in our own prayer time or in the scriptures, a hanging question like this just goes home to us And things aren't resolved for us. But that final question just sits with us. And sometimes that is what Jesus is doing to us. He's letting it sit there. He's not bringing resolution to everything right now. The struggle is still there. But the truth about his presence has now been reminded to you. And then you find yourself searching your heart of, why don't I understand? Why am I allowing this present physical struggle, this present physical reality overtake me? Clearly I should not be. The reason for the mistake, knowing better than that, and then a hanging question. One point of application for us this morning, we've already made it, but this is what we're going to leave with. What physical realities are distracting from the more important spiritual ones in your life? Take a few minutes and respond to the Lord. And if you need help being honest to yourself, honest to others, and honest to God, ask God to help you with it.